we are studying the last chapter of Ilkhot Korban Pesach, Perikasiri, the 10th chapter. <clears throat> Just a very quick note about it being number 10 and the last chapter of a treatise. This is not rare in, in Harambam Mishneh Torah. He, he does play around with round numbers. Whether there is a meaning or not, it does show that definitely the whole book was planned. And there is design behind the book. Obviously, there is 1,000 chapters in the, in the entire series of, of Mishneh Torah. So just one more kernel of, of uh, evidence about the greatness of the mind behind the book of Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon. Uh, another number that he plays around with, obviously, is, is 14. All right, so this last chapter, it's the last, and it's going to deal with what happens after Korban Pesach, or as we are eating it, and that is the breaking of the bones. The Torah says, that's the main topic of this chapter. So, whether it's Pesach Rishon or Shani, it doesn't matter, but it does matter if the Pesach is being brought betahora or betum'an. We spoke about when a Pesach can be brought with, with tum'ah. But if the Pesach is being brought with tahora, then the rule is, and it, it's a felony, it's a mitzvah lotasem, that one may not break, literally break any of the bones of, of the animal that's being, that's being eaten. <coughs> Whether this is being broken on the night, on the eve of the 15th, or before that, in other words, the 14th, or after several days, it doesn't matter, it's all the same din and the person would get no good. Therefore, we do with the Pesach something that we don't do with other korbanot, which is we we um, we burn them together with the notar with anything that's left over after Pesach. Things. So when we burn something, what we are really doing there is two kinds of burning, right? There is one burning which is hechter. It's one of the four forms of worship of Hakadosh Baruch Hu in in korbanot, which is the, the burning, like incense and sort of. In, in that sense, because it captures our, our imagination, and in our unconscious we correlate something being consumed and fire with something leaving our dimension, and as if it were um, signifying that we are giving it to, to Akadosh Baruch Hu, whom we know is not in our dimension. But separately, there is another function of fire, which is to, to get rid, to make disappear things which are edible, we are not allowed to eat. Now, bones are not edible, and therefore they should not be burned. But with the Pesach, because we don't want them to be broken, we burn them together with, uh, with the flesh. Halacha Gimal. En hayavin illa ashevilat aisem shishalav kazait pasar o shishbo moach. Aval aisem shembo moach vashinalav kazait pasar, eno hayav al shevilato. This prohibition only applies, or at least uh, the felony only applies, if the bone either has around it one olive worth of meat, or it has inside it marrow that is edible, that's called moah. But if it has neither of those, then the person is not hayav. 
היה עליו כזית בשר ושבר העשם שלו במקום הבשר, חייב. אבל בלי שהמקום ששבר פנוי מבשר, what we said that the meat has to be, that it, it can have at least an olive worth of meat, that's anywhere on the bone, even if it's on one extreme of the bone, and then the person goes ahead and breaks the other extreme, that would still be חיוב. הלכה ד', והשובר אחר השובר בעשם אחד לוקה. Not only that, but also breaking a broken bone, so two people break the same bone uh, in, in, in sequentially, one and then the other, then the second one would still be חייב, it's the action of breaking that, that, that is forbidden. And I encourage you to try to think of what is the meaning of not breaking a bone in Korban Pesach, and why is it a special feature of Korban Pesach, which is not in other Korbanot. I, I have some thoughts, but they are not mature enough to share, but I do want to encourage, to open the question and encourage you to think about this. Breaking, uh, sorry, burning bones, which is, by the way, what we do with the Serefa that we spoke about in, in Halakha Bet, um, or cutting nerves, Gidim is, is nerves which are very hard, they're almost as hard, especially when raw, they're almost as hard as, as bones. <clears throat> this is not within the prohibition of breaking bones. Okay. A Pesach that is in a form that's not permitted to be eaten, namely it's not sufficiently cooked, nah, or it's boiled, and then the person goes ahead and breaks and breaks the, the, the bone, then that person would be Hayav Malkut. Even if the Pesach, after being brought Petahora, so it's Kasher, it then became Tameh, or it then left the Hapura, which we said would make, would make it uh, unfit for consumption, you would still be Hayav on Shavirat Aisem, on that kind of Korban. But all of this is on the condition that it had at least one moment when the, 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 the Korban was kasher. However, if the invalidation happened at the moment of the Hakrava, so Pigul is an example of that, or thinking of a different korban, then that would uh, that kind of korban pesach would never have been korban pesach, and therefore the shevidat aisem prohibition would not apply. Shavar aisem ha'aliyah lachazain. Shavar aisem ha'aliyah ino loke. Shareena reuyal achila. Breaking the tailbone, the tailbone attached to to the keves. The, the, so if, if you ever saw some of the Israeli kind of sheep, they have this very thick, fat tail, that's called the aliyah, and that's not edible for, for a zar, that's actually brought to, to the mizbeyah. So the, the aliyah is not edible, and therefore the tailbone that comes with it, because it's not a part that's inherently edible, the bone itself also is as if not part of Korban Pesach, and therefore not considered within the prohibition of Shavirat Aizen. Very brittle or soft bones, let's call sehusim, those are when one is permitted to eat them, and it's not, it's not obviously forbidden to break them while, while chewing them. 
היה גדי קטן ורך שעס מותברקים, לא יאכל אותם שזה שובר עצם. However, if the קורבן פסח was of a very young goat, kid goat, that, that, that has all of, all of its bones are very soft and therefore can be edible, a person may not eat them because that, that will be considered שובר עצם. ואם אכל, לא כן. Eating them and breaking those bones by, by chewing them would be Hiyuv Malkut. Shehad al-shover aysem kashay o al-shover aysem rach, because it doesn't matter if you're breaking a hard bone or a soft bone. Zeh ha-kelal, kol shenechal b'shor ha-gadol l'achar sh'yitbashel u'shemutal l'yichol k'negdo min ha-gedi ha-rach achar sh'liyato, k'gond r'shir k'nafayim v'ha-sechuchim, v'ha-sechusim. So how do we know which bones are fine and which bones are not? So you take... The, the hardest, toughest kind of meat of animal, which is an adult bull, an ox. So if after boiling the meat of the bull, of the ox, a certain bone would have been uh, edible, fit for consumption, then you may eat that one in the youngest, softest kind of meat, but not otherwise. Halakha Yod. Um... גידין הרקין שסופן להקשות אף על פי שהם ראויים לאכילה עתה ונאכלים בפסח אין נמנין עליהן ונמנין על מוח שבראש מבין שיכול להוסיאו בלא שבירת אייסם. נרבס גידין הרקין which are now soft enough to eat but then are going to become but they're going to, to, to mature and become harder so even though they, they may be eaten right now you may not count them for the portion of any of the people that belong to the חבורה ונמנין על מוח שבראש, מפני שיכול להוסיאו בלא שבילת עצם. However, the brain, even though it's within skull, and most people will break the skull to take out the brain, because it's possible to remove it without breaking the skull, that you may count that skull for, for, for the חבורה. ואין נמנין על מוח שבקולית, והוא העצם הסתום משטר השער, שהרי אינו יכול להוסיאו אלא בשבילת עצם. However, the קולית, it's a different bone that is It's on both sides, it's, it's enclosed, and although the inside is edible, because to take it out, you have to break the bone, which is not permitted, then you cannot count that as part of what you have, um, as part of uh, people do minui to the habura on. Halakha yud alef, kashay adam okhelet ha-pesa, hotech et ha-basar ve-okhel ve-hotech ha-atsamot min-ha-pedekom farikanim nasa, u-kshayagiya l-gid ha-nashem u-si-om ha-nichom shayal ha-gidin ve-ha-atsamot ve-ha-kirumot shayosayim b-shat ha-khila, שאין מנקין אותו כשאר הבשר, ואין מחתכין אותו, אלא סולין אותו שלם. ואם חתכו חתיכות חתיכות כשר, והוא שלא יחסר ever. So now instructions of how to actually eat the קורבן פסח. As far as the meat goes, just cut it and eat it. Then when you get to the bone, you have to go around the bone with, with a knife or whatever you're using to, to, to peel off the, the meat. And we'll see in a few halachot that the reason this is important is because we don't want to leave anything uneaten. Um, you may break apart the bones one from the other. That, that may be done. And then the Gid Hanashay in particular, Gid Hanashay is a nerve that, uh, the sciatic nerve that cannot be, it's forbidden to, to eat. But the, the, the meat around it is permitted to eat. And there is something called Nikur Hagid, which is how to remove This, the, the nerve from the, the, the meat, that's something that Shohatim used to do. Nowadays, most industrial-minded Shohatim don't do. It takes so much time. Might be, there are too many opinions in Ahronim on how to do it. They are not brave enough to do it. But 
some, some Sephardic shohatim nowadays still do this. So the way they would do it back in the day, because you had to eat the whole meat, is um, you have to eat the meat until you get to that nerve. And then you take out that nerve, you don't eat it, of course, and you put that nerve on a, a side with all the bones and everything else that are going to then be burnt. Um, and and the, uh, this is, the reason he's saying to do this, and he's explaining why he's telling you that you may separate the bones one from the other, is because the Pesach is meant that the, way, the real way to do this, as, as we gave instructions a couple of chapters ago, is to roast the entire animal uh, whole, and, and therefore this, this is all relevant. Uh, and, but even if you had cut it into pieces, that would be kasher, to the extent that uh, no limb is actually missing. About not leaving anything uneaten by the morning. And if somebody did leave some meat without eating until the morning, whether the first or the second Pesach, Pesach Shani, this is a violation of Elotase. However, there is no Malkut attached to it because this this, uh, this prohibition is a derivative or comes together with a, a mandate. So when you have a positive mandate, you have to eat everything. Uh, because it, it says that anything that remains till the morning you have to burn. In other words, so you have a mandate that comes together with a prohibition. The prohibition is you may not leave every, anything until the morning, and if you leave anything until the morning, you must burn it. So that you must burn it, uh, that's the ase, makes the lot ase exempt from Malkut. That's a rule that we have. Alachayut bet. Keshem makrivin et apesach parishon makrivin aimo shelamim beyom arba asar min abakar min aston gedolim oktanim zecharim onekribot kechol zechar shelamim. Vezoi han nikret hagigat arba asar ve'azene emar v'torah ve'zavachta pesach l'adonai lo'ech asonu bakar. When Pesach is being brought on the first month, in other words, Pesach Rishon, Pesach Rishon, by the way, doesn't mean the first Pesach, it just means the Pesach of the first month. So the Pesach of the per first month, then together with the Pesach of the first month, one should bring, there is a mitzvah to bring also Shelamim, which is a korban that's, that's eaten. It's, it's a barbecue, it's a family barbecue, but the, it's done ritualistically. Um, it could be of, of anything, bakartzon, big, small, male, female, and this is called Hagigata Baasar. When is it that we bring these additional korbanot so that we have a lot of meat, a lot of barbecues so everyone can enjoy and rejoice and celebrate and, and be satisfied? When the, the Pesach is being brought on hol, because then we have a little more time. Um, and with Tahora, it's not, it's not a Pesach that comes with Tum'ah. And it's coming, and the Pesach, there is just enough Pesach, or there isn't too much Pesach for everyone. In other words, we are not concerned that there is going to be leftover Pesach. But if any of these three conditions is not the case, for instance, 
there is too much Pesach, then we don't want to bring additional Korbanot, which are going to make it more difficult to finish off the Pesach before the end of the night. Halacha Yod Gimal. Hagigat Ba'asar Reshut Ve'nachova. And to continue this same point, the Korban Hagiga of the 14th is Reshut, it's permissive, it's voluntary, it's not mandatory. And it can be eaten two days and one night. Like all the Zivahim. Um, but it's forbidden to, to, to have Lina to leave to have leftovers of the meat of this Korban Hagiga on the third day, as the Pasuk says. So, Hamim understood by tradition that when the Pasuk says you may not leave anything until the morning, they mean the Pasuk should be interpreted as the morning of the following day. Whoever has left over leaves anything over, then th- that person does not get makut. Rather, whatever is left over should be burned like any notar. Um, even though the Hagigah has an additional window, the window for eating Hagigah is longer than the Korban Pesach, to the extent that it was brought on the same table as the Korban Pesach, then everything is burned together with the Korban Pesach, including with any other foods that were brought on the table with the Korban Pesach. We don't want for, the, for there to be any mix-up, and therefore we just burn anything so that uh, there is no confusion and we leave some Pesach without burning. Halachat etvav just to finish off this treatise, um, a few halachot on the dif- this all from the Mishnah, a few halachot on the difference between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Shani, which means again the Pesach of the first month, Nisan, or the Pesach of the second month. Pesach Rishon le Pesach Shani, Harishon Asur bechames bebal yireu bebal yimaseh, ve'enu nishchat al-chames, ve'en mosim menu huz l'chabura, ve'ta'un halil ba'achilato, u'vi'im an mochagiga, ve'efshar sh'yavo betum'ayim nitbaro v'akal tum'atmet, k'mo sh'be'arnu. So what is the difference between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Shani? The first Pesach, the Pesach of Nisan, first of all, it's forbidden with Hametz under two mitzvot, Bal and Bal Secondly, also it may not have Shechita while you have Hametz as a separate mitzvah. Thirdly, you may not remove any piece of it outside the boundaries of the Habura. Fourthly, you have to say Hallel while you're eating it. Fifthly, you, you have to bring or you may bring with it Korban Hagiga. And six, it has this special feature that it may be brought with uh, Tum'ah, um, as was explained earlier, in certain circumstances. Aval, Pesach Shani, and now Pesach Shani is going to be, in these six respects, it's going to be different. Hames and Masa, I'm over bite. First of all, you may have Hames and Masa. And this, this takes care of the first three features of Pesach Rishon, that there is Bali Ra'eh, Bali Maseh, and I would call it Bali Shahet, the third one, just for, for nomenclature reasons. Also, there is no Halel once this is being eaten. 
So in both instances, they both override Shabbat. In other words, they are brought even if it's on Shabbat for the things that must be done on Shabbat, as we explained. They both need to be made while saying Hallel. The Levim will sing the Hallel while the Shechita is happening. They have to be eaten roasted within a single house and with Masa and Maror. They may not have any leftovers. And you may not break any bones um, in either case. Now, if success about the Pesach of Iyar, that it, it needs to be made in the same way that the first one, that the one of Nisan, then why should there be any difference between them? Because the Torah then proceeds to explain a, cert, cert, a number, a numerated list of things that the two Pesachim are similar to one another. So if it tells you you should do everything like the first one, you should do A, B, C, D, E, then the Derasha here, the way to read this, according to Chachamim, is it's only in these A, B, C, D, E things that it needs to be like the first one, but not in anything else. So this which was prescribed in Misraim, in Egypt, about the Pesach that they made, that they had to set apart the animal from the tenth day, and that there needed to be a, a the, the, the blood needed to be put on the, on the doorposts, and, uh, and that it needed to be eaten with a big rush as, as someone transforming into a nomadic people. And because they were about to leave and they didn't want to stay a second longer than they had to in Misraim. All of those things were not said as instructions meant to continue indefinitely, but they were very pointedly for that instance, for that event. And they were only applicable, they were only done for Pesach Misraim.